The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. Hamdi Yulakaya, founder and CEO of Chobani, joins the Post to talk about food insecurity and the company's commitment to improving the lives of its employees and the community. Let's listen. Good afternoon. I'm Jonathan Capehart, opinion writer for The Washington Post. Welcome to Washington Post Live for another installment in our series, The Path Forward, featuring featuring CEOs and government leaders planning the post-pandemic world. The focus today is the pandemic's impact on food and hunger. Joining me to discuss all of this is Hamdi Ulukaya, founder and CEO of Chobani. Welcome to Washington Post Live. Good to be with you, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Sure. So as we showed in that introductory video, Chobani, you started it in 2007. You took over an old, um, I think it was craft food, craft foods plant uh, in New York. And then in, within five years, you became, what is it? The, yeah, the number one Greek yogurt uh, maker in the country. And I mention all of that because now that we have been living with the pandemic for more than a year, I'm wondering how has making your product been impacted by the pandemic? It's been a, you know, it's been an, an amazing year in so many fronts. When I realized that the life was going to dramatically change, I immediately thought about people that in Chobani, my family, you know, at, uh, at Chobani people, I, I didn't know how this was going to impact before I thought about how food making was going to be impacted. But I was, um, I was not, um, you know, so much worried about if I can, my our, our operation going forward, my immediate thought was how people are going to have food, how people are going to get food to their children, their families, how is it going to be in the stores? How is it going to be with truck drivers? How is it going to be, uh, you know, delivery people? Um, but overall, we made a very immediate three decisions. One, we said, let's keep our people safe. This is extremely important. Two, let's keep uh, our operation going uh, uh, so we can provide food. And three, let's get involved for our uh, communities. And these are the three things we have in, involved. So. Here I am sitting with you, Jonathan. I can look back for the whole year. I'm amazed uh, the spirit of people, uh, how not only responded, how they evolved, how they changed, and how they became individual heroes in their work. Um, we have not had one single day off, you know, off or outbreak. Um, our attendees in our factories were even better than ordinary years when it comes to sick leaves mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, and how I'm amazed that people during this time, not only people at Chobani, but in our communities, get involved in people's life and make life better so that the community move forward. Uh, for example, our people made a decision that every single day they were going to make a truckload of yogurt or oatmeal or any product that we make and ship it to food banks all across the countries while we were making sure that our customer would get food. Uh, I, I think what, what I came up with is let's not just survive, let's transform. We didn't ask for this, we didn't wish for this, we 
this is the most troubling thing the community has done through. But can we make something out of this? Can we look back and we say, I made these changes during this bad time of the mm -hmm. pandemic. We have made these improvements individually or society during this pandemic. So that's why I said, let's transform from this. Let's not just survive. So let me, because in, in reading up on this, and I want to make sure that this was what I'm about to ask you going on pre-pandemic, or was this a change you made because of the pandemic? And that is your plants run 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Was that um, your MO before the pandemic, or is that what you decided to do as a result of the pandemic to keep people working? Oh, we were busy before the pandemic. I mean, we've been mm -hmm. we've been this growth for the last 10 years, as you said in the earlier day, uh, early in the program. But pandemic took another speed to it. You know, we have mm -hmm. increased our days of work or production even further because of the demand, especially in the first months of the pandemic. Then what we have tried to do is not only provide to our customers and the stores, but at the same time, can we ship it to other places in Right. society, food bags and, and people in need. Uh, so we have used every minute of ours in the whole last year of making sure that people have access to food. And then and then how are you keeping your workers safe? So they're working 24 hours a day. You Well, you're, the, the plant is working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That You have employees who are working. What protocols did you put in place to keep them safe? Yeah, this is um, it's a beautiful question. There was no blueprint. When, when in March last week, when we reached out and say, what are the protocols? We realized that we had to come up with our own. Uh, and I'm proud of our people. And I knew there was magic in our people. But I, I, I was, um, you know, surprised the level of, of people's involvement and coming up with the solutions. So first, people are going to have their children at home, so let's provide childcare for people in their homes. People are going to have a hard time getting lunch, so let's create boxes of lunches, and when they come out of the work and they have their, their food so they can have it or they can take it to their homes. Uh, let's have all the protocols when it comes to safety, you know, distancing. Um, and in the end, I'm very proud that we have not lost one day, uh, and there was not one single outbreak in our plants, uh, uh, and each plants we have about over a thousand people. Um, at the same time, we have given our employees the freedom to say, if you don't feel right, don't come to work uh, for 15, 21 days, whatever, however it looks, it takes, it, 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 it takes. But if anyone at your home that needs a special attention, uh, stay home um, and we'll, we'll take care of everything else. Uh, so people had that freedom as well. So. I think I'm very proud of the team that they came up with this. There was no uh, blueprint, of course. Uh, and the testing, the, the testing that we put it in place uh, in, on site uh, and in the community centers like in Utica and in, in Idaho. And, and now mm. uh, we partner in, in Twin Falls in Idaho and, and next week, next couple of weeks in upstate New York, in central, central New York, uh, we are doing vaccination in front of our factories. Uh, free to people to have an access, or we give them time, uh, a paid time, to be able to go and, and, and have vaccination for themselves and for their families. And part the, of one that, that, the one that we've done in Idaho, it was sold out, so people love it. 
Right, and I was I had a question about your Idaho plan, so I'm glad you you um, um, you addressed it first. But you also offered, in terms of time, you just mentioned six hours. You offered them six hours of leave time in order to um, to get vaccinated as well. Do I have that right? Absolutely, yes. And, um, and go ahead. And then found out that even that might be a little bit you know difficult for them to be able to find what it is, and sometimes it takes a little bit of research. So I said, okay, why can't we just have it in our site? And I think this is, we are one of the first, uh, I haven't heard others have done it, at least in our communities, to partner with uh, city and the uh, local businesses uh, and bring it to in front of the, uh, in front of our plants and with food, <laughs> cookies, and make it something memorable out of it. And, and, and I, I, I also said, like, let's have some bands that play some music. Um, <laughs> at this moment, at least we have a signs of getting out of these dark days. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to broaden the aperture a, a bit here. Still keep the focus on your employees, but broaden the, the conversation a bit more about what Chobani is doing. In the country, we've been talking about raising the minimum wage. And there's a lot of talk about raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. And a lot of arguments are, well, we can't do $15 an hour because it'll put, bis uh, it'll put business out of business. You raised the minimum wage in your shops to um, $15 an hour. When did you do that? And why did you do that? Yes, we can. And we said it. Um, why we did that is because math doesn't work. Uh, this, this distance between this, the income, uh, between the working uh, people is has never been this, this, this wide. And even 15 is not enough. But when I say $15 an hour minimum wage, but at the same time, not to cut from anything else when it comes to you know uh, health, health insurance, when it comes to bonuses, when it comes to mm. other benefits that comes with it. Because if you just go to $15 an hour, that's not enough. And sometimes people say, I raised the cap, you know, uh, uh, the minimum wage to $15 an hour, but I funded with something else. No, that's not the case. The, the, that, all the benefits needs to stay where it is, and the $15 needs to be minimum. Now, if you make a math, and if somebody said it so beautifully, this is the, probably the first time someone having a full-time job still stay in poverty. Um, if you really want to have a healthy society, if you really want to have a healthy business, if your people are having a hard time feeding their children and living paycheck to paycheck and doing two works, two jobs to be able to get by, nobody's going to benefit from this. And including your business is not going to benefit from this. So for us, it was a very easy decision as all the other decisions that I've made along the way when it comes to you know giving paid weeks, months to mother and father when they have children, uh, when they have uh, uh, you know, child in their home, uh, given access to education, given access to healthcare, given access to all the benefits, is helping business, it helps Chobani in a tremendous way. Uh, so this argument is, I think, is not going to go any further than, uh, is not good for business, uh, I already see a lot of businesses are acting, you know, even the, the regulation changes or not. Uh, we have to pressure more and more uh, the policymakers to change the law, but at least 
on the fundamentally businesses can make those decisions and implement them right now. Um, and I, I meant to point out that, yes, you, rose, you, you raised the minimum wage to $15 an hour, but the overall average hourly salary at Jobani is $19 an hour. As I was listening to you um, respond to my initial question, I, keep, I kept thinking, but doing all these things, raising the minimum wage, but not taking away from healthcare, not taking away from benefits, um, still doing all the things you were doing, that costs money. So how do you convince your colleagues in the world of business that expending that kind of money will actually benefit, will actually help the their bottom line, and that it, it it will pay for itself and then some in the end. The beautiful saying: uh, investing on your people is never an expense; it is an investment. And and I said it many many times. If you if you look at in a spreadsheet, maybe the math could say, "Oh, this is so much expenses in here." But what about, you know, the topic that I've made all year, we have not had one lost day in our factory. We have not had outbreak in our factory. We grew 20% uh, year over year in the last 10 years. Uh, we have uh, innovated faster than any CPG ever done. So the, 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 the qualities that you're getting out of this is not, you cannot be put it into a spreadsheet so you can record it. But it, it is uh, also, uh, when it comes to um, not only the business you know, metrics, uh, but the health of the society and community you're operating, um, in that, I would go to, for example, South Edmonton, New York, or Twin Falls, Idaho, and I see what has happened in community in the last five, six, seven, eight years. And humbly, sometimes people will say, oh, this has all happened because of what Giovanni has done. Uh, there is this effect, you know, butterfly effect that affects the whole community that all, you know, start going up and there's this effect of it and you get benefit from that too. So I think uh, investing in our people, uh, making them uh, comfortable, healthy and look forward to their future uh, and they can be with their family um, is fundamental our business number one rule is to take care of your own people in every way you can. And if you do that, then everything else you do is going to be better after from that moment on. But if you don't do that, the rest is not going to work. And that is, uh, I, I think in every business case or uh, any other way you can look at it, it's been, it's been proved. Now, I don't do it because it's just, you know, it's good for the business. I came into this place because there is a better way of doing business. And this sole purpose of business making money for me is growing up is the idea that I hate the most. But I love that it's a sustainable uh, a place where business can make a massive difference in society and humans, humans, uh, humanity and people's life. And I fall in love with this idea of this is the most dynamic, powerful, change-making platform when it comes to business, the only difference is acting a little bit better than before. Acting not mm -hmm. only just making money, but also making sustainable changes in society and right. humanity and moving forward, like you said. Uh, and this platform, why we call it, you know, conscious capitalism, whatever you call it, 
is the, the, the sole purpose of business, not just you know, profit, but the responsibility of the whole stakeholders, uh, including right. people communities. Well, you, you use the, the, the phrase conscious capitalism. Um, I know what that is. And part of, part of how you, you exercise that is by taking on child hunger. Um, you've been battling child hunger and pushing to make sure all students have access to healthy food for a long time. Why are school meals so important? Our children is our future. Our children is our soft spot. And when this pandemic started, the minute that happened, I immediately thought, oh God, what is going to happen to uh, hunger? What's going to happen to millions of children? The only time they have food is when they are in school. Um, and and soon, soon enough, this became you know, more visible, people could see that this is actually the lines, the cars uh, in, the, in front of the uh, food banks, which have been involved from day one when I started this journey. Um, so here's a society, one of the most powerful country in the whole universe, in the whole world. Uh, and we knew this forever, but now it's more, more, more obvious. Millions, millions of children going to bed every single day hungry. And this is one thing that we should be all uh, feeling really bad about it. When the schools closed, that gets time 10. You know, that becomes even worse. So um, the one place also we can all agree, no matter who, where you live, rural or city, or what kind of political view you have, that we all agree that our children should not be hungry. And we all agree that we can solve this. We can solve this right now. I mean, uh, you know, thankfully, Biden administration put forward one uh, proposal. I think it's one of the best uh, when it comes to hunger in a long, long time. That I made proposal, very simple proposal, and a lot of people have agreed, and we, we, we've been calling on this forever, is let's make uh, a child uh, meal in school free for all our children with healthy meals. So this is something we can do right now. And this became to the, the, the topic, you know, this topic became very visible when it was a uh, uh, child, uh, you know, shaming, lunch shaming in the school happened mm -hmm. when some, some parents couldn't pay uh, the, the lunch uh, fee. Uh, those, those children were, uh, you know, uh, shamed or given a cold sandwich instead of their friends getting, uh, you know, hot meal. I put myself being that child in that classroom and living in this country, in America, seeing that uh, moment, as a parent, as a human being, I'm troubled. And as of all of us has been troubled. So I think this is massively important for our future uh, and for our society. I know our society has a lot of, a lot of issues that we're dealing with when it comes to gender, when it comes to race, when it comes to you know, income inequality when it comes to rural and, and city. But on the child level, we can solve this right now. At least in our mm -hmm. class, we can say all our children are having a meal and, and, and not looking at their friend that one is having a better meal and the other one is not. Well, Mr. Ulukaya, you paid off school meal debts in several, in several communities. And then, what is, uh, this is April, so two months ago, two months ago in February, 
Um, Chobani hosted its first ever Child Hunger Summit. You met with um, representatives from a whole host of organizations, including Oxfam America, the NAACP, the Rockefeller Foundation. Um, what were you, what were you able to achieve from that summit? Beautiful uh, conversations, uh, passion, and I see a lot of uh, people are coming into a coalition. I really see the signs, uh, especially with these proposals, and more and more businesses coming together. And we need more and more private uh, sectors to come and 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 be very strongly involved in this topic. Is I first time see that maybe we can solve this problem for all. And then it comes to transformation, you know, during the pandemic. At least during this time, we realize how crucial this issue is, and we can come up with something uh, that can solve it, you know, forever. I really do see uh, a coalition coming together and, and solving this hunger problem, especially on children. Uh, that doesn't solve the whole thing. We have families, you know, going hunger, especially during the pandemic. So uh, the, the, the pandemic EBT, uh, the other, you know, uh, programs that we have in extending that the funds are coming towards for that is extremely important. But I have one more call to make is mm -hmm. to food making companies make better food, make nutritional food accessible for communities in food desert, for communities that people have a uh, hard time having access to a, a better food. And that is the reason I started this whole company, is making yogurt that everybody can have it, whether you're rich or poor or in New York City or in upstate New York or wherever you are. Food is a human rights. Food is our mm -hmm. rights to have. And it shouldn't be connected to your status, where you live or where your income is. So I think I have this one simple line for our my business colleagues and say, make the food that you could serve to your own children. And with resources that we have, the technology we have, the cold chain and distribution chain we have, we can make the food more nutritious and still accessible for, for everyone. Mm -hmm. Mr. Lukai, we have less than 10 minutes left and we've got three audience questions that I wanna get in before our time is up. The first one is from Sarah Allen it's from, from New York. Um, and she asks, how can we redirect good foods that are thrown out due to quote unquote expiration dates? Food waste is big. You know, some, some, um, Sarah is right. In some uh, numbers, 30, 40% of the food is being, you know, thrown away. And, and at the same time, we have millions of people uh, having hard time to access the food. I was speaking to an entrepreneur, a social entrepreneur in, in Pittsburgh the other day and food rescue. Uh, she came up with this beautiful technology, calls it Uber uh, of, of uh, you know, food uh, waste, where uh, supermarkets and retailers are connecting uh, through this uh, app to the uh, food bank and pantries and, and, and places that is in need. And then, then thousands of volunteers are coming in together and bringing this food uh, to the people in need. When I saw this, I was like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. Um, and I have uh, seen uh, startups coming into our incubator here, like one is come to my mind right now, Miss Food, where going into a farm area where people would not take because apple doesn't look good or tomatoes is not that beautiful mm -hmm. or 
localities a little bit, uh, you know, of color, and would take those foods and turn them into uh, delicious uh, products. I think there's a lot of innovation coming in this place. There's a lot of consciousness is coming into place, especially in the culinary areas. And I am proud of retail partners are less and less, uh, you know, going into throwing those food where it's not used and partnering with NGOs and startups to get them to distribute to other places. Uh, as we consumers, we have responsibility. We have responsibility to tell the retailers not to throw up the, the, the food by raising our voice, by applauding what they do things right, by also telling them that we also like when the carrot is not looking so bad because that's also very nutritious and delicious. So our individual act is extremely important. Second question is from Ben Wiener from Ohio. Ben asks, how is Chobani working to support college and university students that are food insecure? Yeah, and, and Ben is so right. Who would have thought that in colleges, um, our brothers and sisters, a lot of them are going uh, without food. Um, you know, um, this is something that came into our radar you know, very uh, recently during the pandemic. And I, even myself, uh, we're not aware of that. So we have uh, partnered a, pandemic, uh, a pantry in, in Rotors University, uh, and we're going to do more of those. There's more partnership is coming in, into this. Uh, we have to reach out to these universities and pantry through the pantries or cafeterias, uh, through the uh, active NGOs and provide food. So um, we need our mind, our future minds, to be nutritionally filled, not to worry about, you know, food. And I know a lot of us, you know, I, I, I speak to about myself and a lot of others, food was always challenging the community, even in the universities. Uh, but when you don't have to worry about food, then you can worry about creating your future when it comes to science and education and whatever you do. So uh, on our part, I think hunger, whether in elementary school, whether in communities, whether in universities, is something that we should not accept and we should not uh, get used to, at least in this country, when we have so much resources, when we have so much uh, waste. And, and, uh, and I think this moment is the moment. This is the moment where this hunger became in the surface in a very dramatic, clear way that we understood Millions of millions of Americans every single day is struggling to find food to feed themselves with their children, wherever they are. So uh, collectively, whether in universities and colleges or in communities or in elementary schools at home, as I always said, Chobani is not that big, but at least every problem I see out there, I can act in a small way or in a meaningful way and see if that works and I can share with the world uh, and that front, uh, we're going to reach out to universities at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, we've got two minutes left. And this last question, um, I can't wait to hear your answer. It comes from Teresa Fuguri in California. She asks, why are we feeding kids so much sugar? It's poison. It is two poison. minutes. <laughs> um, uh, Teresa is all right. Um, and I come, come back to this question uh, to ask food manufacturers the food makers, the food companies, to not to make food that they would not feed to their own children. Um, and this, 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 
this responsibility is goes to the food makers. Um, and especially uh, in the food deserts, you go to stores, Teresa will, will know, uh, Jonathan, you go to stores, all you see is food with sugar for our children. And then you see the obesity uh, disease. Um, so I think I call this on the food makers responsibility to make sure that we take all the bad stuff out of food and we fill beautiful things for our children so they can, they can grow healthy. Um, last question in the minute that we have left. Um, is it true, is, um, are you going public? Is Chobani gonna go public? <laughs> um, I don't know. I really, uh, I have, I, I'm gonna give you the straight answer on this. Uh, we are in a really beautiful place. I love what I do uh, for, you know, 2000, my brothers and sisters for the last 10, 12, 13 years. Uh, this journey has been most beautiful in this country. Uh, and we have really good ambitions to grow and continue to do the impact that what we do. And I'm looking at a couple of options. IPO is one of them. I have not made the decisions. I could, mm. I, you know, I talk with my team. And when that time comes, we'll make the announcement if whatever we do, uh, uh, we have not made that decision yet. Okay, well, you know where you can, you know where you can come when you're ready to make that decision. Hamdi Ulukaya, founder and CEO of Chobani, thank you very much for coming to Washington Post Live. So good to be with you, Jonathan. Thank you so much. And as always, thank you for tuning in tomorrow at 11 a.m. My colleague Paige Winfield Cunningham will address the pandemic vaccines and variants with Julie Morita from the Robert, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and Celine Gounder, a professor of medicine and infectious diseases at New York University. Then on Wednesday at 11 a.m., the Post, my colleague on the opinion side, David Ignatius, will talk to a true hero, Admiral Bill McRaven, the man who oversaw the operation to capture and kill Osama bin Laden. That's Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. In the meantime, I'm Jonathan Capehart, opinion writer for The Washington Post. Thank you very much for watching Washington Post Live. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.